Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. 10, 9, Now, one of the biggest bands of all time have had the desire to create music for decades with more good songs than bad. You two have been wowing fans with their mysterious ways. It gives me great pride to introduce our sweetest thing, Neil. And yes, he is even better than the real thing with 10 U2 facts, uno, dos, tres, catoris, whatever that means. Hit it, Neil. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pat. <clears throat> So here we go. Before they were, uh, before they settled on U2 as their band name, they were very nearly called the Hype, Feedback, and the Larry Mullen Band. The Joshua Tree is one of the t- top 100 best-selling albums of all time. It comes in at 89th. Is this song Charles Manson stole from the Beatles? We're still in the back. Oh, good, good intro. <laughs> the original working title of the Joshua Tree album was The Two Americas. This song is not a rebel song. They've won more Grammy Awards than any other band, 22 so far in total. During U2's first dates outside of Ireland, they played a gig at the Islington Hope and Anchor to a crowd of only nine people. Christmas. Bono is taken from the Latin Bono Vox, which translates as good voice. It was a nickname given to him by a group of friends. In the early 1990s, U2 was the biggest export from Ireland. U2 appeared in the 200th episode of the animated sitcom The Simpsons, Trash of the Titans, in which Homer Simpson disrupted the band on stage during a Pop Mart concert. (laughs) They were introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005, their first year of eligibility. And U2 have clocked up 21 number one singles in their native Ireland, far more than any other act. Both the Beatles and Westlife have scored 13 chart toppers. 
Wonderful. Thank you very much, Neil. We're fi- we are finally here. We're finally here to do yeah, top 10 U2 songs. And we couldn't do it without the one and only rock god, the man with the loveliest hair, in which you have to just watch the video on YouTube just to see the hair. I mean, yeah. look at it. Look how beautiful that man is. <laughs> and how you, often you... do you wear it up, Leon? That's the thing. How I often have to do most of Well, it depends. If I'm at work, obviously, um, if I go out with a band, then I, I feel it's, it's only right to wear the hair as part of the uniform and right. go full rock with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got to do it, haven't you? You have. Well, you have. I wouldn't know. But. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Leon Day. Leon Day is here yeah. with us. Um, he joined us um, in one of the early episodes for 90s, like, 90s albums, wasn't it? It was, like episode three, I think. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. So, um, n- no sort of... Um, uh, what's the word? Full disclosure. Uh, I work with Leon, so we've been we've been discussing this top ten for a couple of weeks, haven't we, Leon? Because you've been saying about how you've struggled. Even today, you were struggling with what's going to go yeah, in I and mean, what's not going to go in. I mean, to be honest, um, yeah. When you when you mentioned it to me, I was kind of I was really excited. At the same time, I thought, oh, can I swear on this? Yeah, of course yeah. you can. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh shit, how the hell? How the hell am I going to get it down to ten? I mean, um, if you did on top. 20 that'd have been top 30 would have been all right um to be honest yeah I, I i really struggle with this list and so because it was almost impossible for me to to get it down to 10 i've had to go more um on what the songs meant to me on a personal experience maybe something that you know that was going on in my life at that time or something like that you know vote to memory for that song um some of along those lines because if I had to just pick it purely on the songs, I'd, I'd still be going around now. I'd be, you know, there's lots of different reasons, and there's. I know there are going to be people who watch and listen to this and go, "Oh my god, why wasn't that there?" Um, because I, I got to ten finally, and I couldn't bring myself to remove any of them because I'd have then stuck another ten there, and I'd have equally wanted them to be in place of the, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, I just stuck, I, there were some obvious ones that had to be on that list, yeah. but you could probably take half that list. I could have swapped for ones that I love just as much mm. um, for different reasons. But so um, there we are anyway. Yeah. Is, is you 2 your favourite band? Um, it, it, it were. They, they were. I mean, I, I love them as a band. They're great. I mean, uh, they were the first band that I really sort of, you know, when you really start to discover music when you're in your, you know, early teens, mid-teens or whatever, they were the first band that really I went, wow, this is something I can get on board with. And I just fell in love with it. And for probably from the age of 15 to, between 15 and about 18, I know it doesn't sound like a very long time, but when I was really discovering music, those few years I packed in 10 or 15 years worth of band worship into those years. I, I mean, I, you know, um, yeah, I, I love them. I want to say they're my fa- they're, they're one of my favourite bands. Um, I've fallen in love with a lot of bands over the years, you know, uh, getting into different music, but they're the one band that really, they'll always be like, you know, they're my thirst. What was the first album, Neil? Sorry? What was the first album you got of theirs? Uh, first album I bought of theirs was Rattle and Hum, actually. And that was because, um, if we've got time, we've got a story. So 
I'd heard of the band, didn't know much about them. I was 14 years old, used to go to the youth club, and a good friend of mine that you two guys know, Martin Rowe, used to run the disco there. And there were a couple of U2 songs they used to play. I think it was during the time of the Joshua Tree. So you had Salam Fam I'm looking for and Streets. Um, he was a huge U2 fan, and I remember him getting very excited in, a, in uh, 1988 because the new part live, part studio album was coming out, which was Rattle and Hum. He rushed to the shops to buy this thing in, in glorious gatefold, you know, mm. vinyl, and was kind enough to record it for me on a cassette, which I nearly wore out. Um, I just, that was it. I was hooked. I went straight to the shops. First YouTube single I ever bought, which is, uh, there it is, Desire, the first, off the first single off the album. And, and I think... I'm testing my trivia brain. I think it was U2's actually first UK number one. I think, yeah. I think, I think it was, their first, yeah. Yeah, weirdly enough, you'd think there'd been others before that, but that was their first UK number one. Mm. Um, and that was it. I was hooked. And then I, I kind of went backwards from there. I kind of, you know, once you've listened to, to Rattle and Home, you're discovering Joshua Tree songs or live versions of. So I naturally went there and then just went right the way back to the beginning and, and just mm. fell more and more in love with it. You know, yeah. um, what about you, Neil? Where where do you stand in regards to? I mean, I like you too. I've got a lot of admiration. I, I haven't got the extensive knowledge of all of their music because I haven't got all of their CDs, nor have I listened to them all. But you know, I've got a few of their CDs. I absolutely adore a few of their songs. It still hold up as probably some of the greatest songs ever written. I think, and that's about it. So my knowledge might not always be there on what album it was. I mean, the first album I got of theirs was Unforgettable Fire because I was at that age when it came out. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody bought it and that hooked me in. I think um, it was, it was Live Aid was one of the, the turning points yeah. for, for the yeah. wasn't it? When Bono decided yeah. to just forget what the song was and just go yeah. up into the crowd and <laughs> start hugging the crowd. version of that, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the Edge pissed off with him because they were supposed to do their, so their latest actually, single or something, weren't they? And he just decided the, to go off. Yeah, the guy you were talking about, I, I keep forgetting his name. Um, the guy, is he, I don't know if he's Kiwi, is he the guy or or Australian, the guy keeps interviewing them of late? Oh, Zane Lowe? Yeah, one of their interviews. Have you seen the one where they're out in the desert with the with the trailer? No, no. Oh, they, they they touch upon that, and he talks about regrets and things he'd done, and that was one of Bono's biggest regrets is that playing Live Aid, they got out there. I forget the first song they 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 went out with, but they they had time for three, and he got lost in the middle of Bad, that went on for their whole set. They ran out of time and didn't mm. get to play their big hit, which was Pride. Right, and he he felt very very depressed after it. He he felt like he let his bandmates down and everyone down. Um, but but weirdly enough, it became one of the sort of iconic performances of the, yeah. of the I concert. Say, really. I would say that and Queen are the two things that a lot of people remember from Live, from Live Aid. Aid. The other thing yeah. I did at school, well, the video went round of uh, Live at Red Rock or whatever it was called. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Yeah. That we all borrowed that video off of our friends. Yeah, and, that was. Sorry. So that was that was kind of like um, they talk about that in Rattling Home the movie actually. So they did the album War, which really catapulted them into the mainstream. With New Year's Day and Sunday Bloody Sunday and all that, and then and then they did a live album off the back of that, which was Under a Blood Red Sky at Red Rocks, and then they kind of repeated that with the Joshua Tree, and then Rattle and Hum obviously went went further and did a full movie, yeah, um, with that, which yeah, so that was. 
There you go. Well, we've got the right man to do the... Uh, well, we're, we're expecting, I'll, I'll have a go. We're expecting loads of U2 trivia here. I was just going to ask you quickly, Pav, how much of an extensive well, knowledge of U2 have you got? Are you well, a big fan? I was... I, was, I think I, I, I had a an era of U2 that I enjoyed, which was basically from Joshua Tree up to Pop, I think. Um, oh, no, because after Pop, wasn't it, All You Can't Leave Behind... Yeah, 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 that one, that album, and then I sort of drifted off. So the early stuff I've, I've never really listened to. The the later stuff, how to dismantle an atomic bomb, and sort of on from that, never really sort of listened to. But that section, I think, has got some of the greatest songs ever written in in those what five or six albums. I went and saw Rattle and Hum at the cinema. Yeah, I and I'm sure I'm sure we will touch on what I class as that I would an, an iconic moment from rattle and hum yeah we will we will talk about it i'm sure but uh but let's let's get on and do the business that we need to do so leon what is your number 10 number I'll 10 see if i can I play think... them while we're you know while we're talking so uh yeah tricky in order not necessarily i'm going to say something up not necessarily in order of favoritism but i just had to fit them in there so i'm going to go with uh, a personal favorite a sort of homecoming from the unforgettable fire okay yeah uh, and why um, it was just one of those songs. I, I love it lyrically. It's very, I think Bono was uh, reading a lot of poetry at the time and it, it's, he's got some beautiful lines in there, you know, faces plowed like fields and, and it, it's some beautiful kind of, the, the vocal lines are great. I, I think I wore my voice out. Since. This would be one of the songs that I probably, when I, I always say when I was sort of learning to sing, not, not deliberately, but when I used to, Sing like these. Were, this is one of the songs I used to love. Sing along to this. Mm. So what, what other the hits were on um, Unforgettable Fire? That is, is that Pride? Pride, and stuff like yeah. That? Um, so Pride was a big one, and then Bad. Um, uh, right. New I Year's Day. I know uh, that's earlier than that. That's on War. That's the album. Oh, is before, it? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was actually. I was thinking about this the other day because I was looking through my singles collection, and I've only got two two actual singles that came from from that album, then Forget What Fire. And, and it's not because I haven't got around to getting them. I think they only released two. So they did... There's the Unforgettable Fire there as a single. And then they did Pride, obviously, but they did Pride as a, as a gatefold thing. Right. But they also did a, a second version of Unforgettable Fire. And I think they released it as kind of... You have a sort of homecoming on that and they, they pretty much put half the out to you know half to two-thirds of the album on on little gatefolds yeah yeah um, but i think actual singles i think there were only two if it was three then a sort of homecoming i'm guessing would have been the the third mm. um, although there's some, there's some awesome songs on that there's uh wire is an incredible song you'll know that neil i expect yeah. the album yeah that's a great one it is uh, there's some, some beautiful songs on there Oh, the old gatefold sleeves. You can't go wrong oh, with them, can you? Yeah, the only you album know. I've got on vinyl is um, Rattle and Hum, and that's a lovely gatefold. Gatefold. I could go and get it. Yeah, they're great, time. aren't they? I, I've got them all on vinyl, but I, um, well, right until Action Baby's the last vinyl I've got, and then obviously vinyl disappeared for a few years. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't wield all them out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gone there, Neil. I will say nine and ten could have been either way round, really. Um, these are the songs 
the I said the first album I ever bought was Unforgettable Fire, but the first songs I ever heard were these two. But the, I'll do this one at number ten, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Um, bizarrely, it was became an anthem a bit at school discos. You know, at the end, you either had the jams going underground or a bit of Sunday Bloody oh, Sunday, always. and we yeah. and we all got up as the boys and. Whoa. Yeah, and that was probably my first introduction to you uh, 2 followed by the number nine song, why I put it there. But it still holds up now, I think. I think it's a great song. Um, oh, it's fantastic it's isn't it? Well, yeah, I've got yeah. that as my number three, but I've got the, the Under a Blood Red Sky the live, live version. version. But now, this is a question that, that you might know, Leon. They did a live version of it in Rattle and Hum, didn't they? But it wasn't That's on the right, album. It no, it's just in the movie, wasn't it? It's, it's, in the, it's not on the album. There, there were a few songs that were in the movie that didn't make it onto the album. There, there, are, there are several. And, and vice versa, there are ones that are, you know, that didn't. I think they're on the album, possibly didn't go in the movie. I'm trying to think now, actually, thinking back. Yeah, I don't think you've got, like, um, they're in there, but not, not as live performances. I don't think you'll see a live performance of um, Love Rescue Me. I don't think that that's in the... Right. Right. in the movie um yeah. but but yeah it's it, um yeah it's a great song and i, I the rowan hum version is amazing because I, I think he mentioned in the movie it was it was just after the end of skin and bombing and he gets very very emotional yes. very passionate yeah. about it yeah and uh and yeah and quite angry about as he puts it people coming up to to me and talking about the revolution back home you know, you know the yeah. piece I'm talking about, and he gets quite angry about it. But I loved it all that. I thought it was great. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was nice to see somebody who just didn't didn't care, just wanted to to put their feelings out there, and that's yeah. it. You take it or you leave it. You know. I think I think that's a song that has to be heard live, uh, as opposed to. The, I mean, the the yeah. recording of it, the, the studio recording is great, but I think as a, as a live song, mm. it works so much better. Um, but yeah, so that's your number 10, Neil. That's my it number is. three. That one, I'm having that at number three. Uh, my number 10, um, uh, we've already heard the little clip from it, but it is Mysterious Ways from Actung Baby. Oh, that's my number it's seven. Great. Is that your number seven? Great tune, where's that one? The things about you two is it's it's the riffs. It's, it's mm. There it is. There it is. And it was always that on your knees boy bit that always just was just, <laughs> just a great little, just a great little touch. Yeah. But it's got a great riff. It's just, I think Acting Baby was in my top 10 90s albums when we, when we did that together, Leon. I think it was in sure. all of ours. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I think it was actually, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I could have quite easily had five or six songs from that album because not just the, the, the hits, there's some, there is some great, great songs. It's a great um, video on this one as well, with the weird angles yes, when they're all yes, all, yeah, it was Middle great. East it was, or whatever, Morocco or wherever they were. Very, very different in, in stark mm. contrast to the Rattle and Hum stuff, which is a lot of it was shot in black and white like the movie, and then all of a sudden everything's very vibrant and colourful. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you go you go from that whole album and you look at the you look at the artwork or that kind of graffiti sort of artwork, and then you look at it in comparison to all the Rattle and Hum stuff it was very very. Like, it was good. It was because it, it, it was a real change. But then they they like to do that, don't they? They like to go sort of wasn't extreme. The, wasn't the cover of uh, Acton Baby have a bit of a controversy with Adam Clayton's cock? Yes, yes, I believe. Yeah. I was yeah. talking that to, about Liam about that today, wasn't I? I was saying, <laughs> it, should, 
he was going to wear all different yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of things. I said, well, what you should have is have your cock out, then that'd be just like the actual baby co- uh, co- yeah. was, you know. But unfortunately, well, I don't know. I mean, he sat down. He may well have. I don't no, know. He he no, he doesn't. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> I do. Yeah, to that kind of show, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. It's not. Uh, right then, Leon, you're number nine, please. So, as I said, this. No, is... Leon. Is oh, sorry. Nine. I thought you said Leon. <laughs> I right, genuinely Leo, you said... Yeah. Calm down, Neil. Calm down. I'm excited because we talked about right. cocks. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with this one. Um, I'm hoping I've got these in the right order now because guess what, guys? I put my order number on my phone and I'm currently looking at you guys on my phone. <laughs> of course phone. you are, yeah. <laughs> Because I was so well prepared. Oh, this, so well. this was in the top end, so I'm pretty sure this was number nine anyway. This is All I Want Is You. Oh, that's my is number two. The last, the oh. last track, the last track on Rattle and Hum. Um, it's just a beautiful song. And the, and the ending of the song, the way the orchestra comes in, and it, it's just it's great. I love it. You hear lots of echoes of, of other, you know, you know, you know a particular band by their sound sometimes and, and no, none more than you 2 you know it's a U2 song straight off the bat but there are echoes of that out, that outro when the guitar comes in it, there are echoes of bad in that when on the, when, it, when he's done you know when bad when, when he's like a live band when he just carries on playing the part yeah just little bits in that, that like da ding da ding da ding does that it's very very creative I think it's great it's very Clever use of. Mm. It's a very, it's a very sparse song, but it's also, it's going to say stupid, very sort of like pretentious, but it's very full as well. If that makes sense, yeah. that probably doesn't make any sense at all. That's a stupid thing to say. The gen- it's the pure genius of it is that it's, it's written on. I play this live sometimes, um, and it, it's written on. A, it's about three chords, yeah. maybe three, four chords. That's it. Yeah, and you don't need any more because his. His voice and his emotions doing all the rest. Three chords and the truth. Correct. Yes. There you go. Yes. There you go. Very See, look, good. I, I followed up a really stupid thing to say with something that wasn't quite so stupid. That was a bit no, weird. no. It was. It was a good. That was a good shout. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Got it, Neil. You're number, right, Neil. You're number nine, please. Is uh, well, I was, I was saying that it could have easily been number ten, number nine. Switch them around whichever way. New Year's Day, same principle. It was from my youth. It's a song that I heard a lot of times over and over again and grew to love it, as we all do, I suppose, U2 fans. Again, timeless and great, great introduction to you 2 Great beat on it. <laughs> I actually had the single of this. I bought the single of this. Yeah. They didn't... No, I might, oh, no. Hang on a minute. No, it wasn't this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was a video. What was the video where it was all... It was all like um, yeah, traffic. What was it? What's all the traffic. Video? What's the video? The video was all like traffic lights, but all sort of like. No, that wasn't. That wasn't New Year's Day. Oh, hang on. Are you are you talking like lights, which are kind yeah. of like they've been shot in in long exposures today? Yeah. That's, so what... That is the unforgettable fire. I think. Uh... Yeah, walk on by, walk on through. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the unforgettable fire. So, so again, forget everything I've just said, everybody, because I've never been with this song. 1983 that came out yeah right prime school disco prime for me 19th so that's 40 years old yeah that's fucking oh no it's, it's quite upsetting when you <laughs> that's mental isn't it that is that is yeah. mental when you think of it like that that, that is 40 years old you're yeah. trying to remember what my number 
anyway, let's swiftly move on because we're all feeling very, very old. Um, I was talking about that iconic moment in uh, Rattle and Hum. So this is for my number nine. It's where the streets have no name. And I, oh, that's my uh, number four. You're going to be your number five. <laughs> yeah. I'll just sit here. Does it matter if, I, if I've got that on my list? Does it matter what number it's at? I can as long as it as long as it's as long as it's not your number one. Oh right, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, um... But that moment, I'll just mention it uh, very very lightly because then uh, Leon can wax uh, rhapsodical about it a little bit later. It is about as cinematic as you can get. Mm. That moment with the edge and the, and the red and just the the, the strobe lighting and then. Bono walking on stage. Um, it's just a great intro to a song that builds up and has to be done live like that. Again, it doesn't have the same impact when you hear the studio version of the song because that moment when everything all comes in just doesn't have that same oomph. But when you watch it on Rattle and Hum, it's breathtaking. It takes your breath away and it mm. makes all the hairs stand on end. I mean, we'll talk I mean, about I think- it more. More in depth. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to go about on about that one a moment. But I think this is. I don't know. We discussed this at work. I'm talking about the band. They're one of the bands where you actually, the live versions, and they're one of those bands where the live versions are often better than the recorded versions. Yeah, I mean, significantly better, in that you don't just get the fact that Bono has a very whether you love him or hate him, he's got this incredibly unique way of taking taking the lyrics of the song and, and his pure emotion and he doesn't care what he writes about he doesn't care how personal it is but he wants to give you a piece of that to take home with you and it, he doesn't care he's quite happy to you know to give you his innermost and and reach you right across that stadium no matter where you are it's very good he talks about that in the if you if you read any of the the book the recent book <coughs> songs of surrender i've lost you know you disappeared Got no voice, Pav. Sorry, I, I just pressed the cough button. Oh. It's a gift, isn't it? It's a gift, that kind of thing, to have that kind of rapport with a, mm. an, an audience. Yeah. To be able to do it. It's, it's a two-way thing, but... Um, yeah, but the live performances right. are just incredible. They really are just incredible. Yeah. You know. How many times have you seen them live, Leo? Do you know, uh, it's funny, people, I've, for, for somebody who's a big fan, I, I, I've seen them only once. Oh, no. But I, I, I would say I, I saw them probably at the peak um, and I was fortunate enough to, but well, I, you can't say support. Their, their guest was B.B. King. Oh, right? wow. So B.B. Uh, King's band was supporting them and I saw them in 1989 on the Love Town tour. Mm. Where's the, there's the uh, up behind me there, there's the official tour T-shirt there, 1989. I was 16 and I went to Paris with my mum because they didn't tour in the UK. Um, some weird fact about when they released Rattle and Hum, the public, they felt that the public had had misinterpreted the message of the movie and had taken them to be a little bit arrogant. Mm. And so, and there was, a, I don't remember at the time, there was some sort of backlash of that. So they decided the tour that would follow it, they wouldn't actually tour England at all. They would, They did Ireland. And the closest they got, other than that, was uh, was Paris. So being that I was sixteen and they were icons to me, my my mum very kindly arranged for me to, you know, we went to the ferry over then before the Euro Star days, 
and uh, went to see them in Paris. And it was it was incredible. I mean, 16 years old, and I'm just and it and it was a it was just like watching the movie, but in colour. Yeah. And all of those mm-hmm. magic moments that you see in the movie were right there. Yeah, uh, and it was oh, it was amazing. Was, were, were, they called, were they called uh, duh? <laughs> yeah. Were they? I just wondered. No, they didn't know. No? Strangely not, no. Oh, I just thought they might have been. No. Uh, okay. All right then. Uh go on then, Leon, your number eight, please. Right, I'm a bit stuffed here because I'm trying to remember what it was on my list. <laughs> I know, it's really, I'm doing good at this. So I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick another one which I know is on the list, which I love, and it's a Rattlingham album track and it's called god part two okay mm-hmm. trying to think a bit on the top of my head i remember it on the listing it's been a while since i've listened to these albums that's the problem let me <clears> see if i can find it oh dear where is it anyway uh talk, just say why say why uh so uh again if you, I, i'm trying to remember now i should remember this it was i believe it was in the movie this this track but i certainly remember it from the live performance was it's I mean it's just got it's got great lyrics and there's so much energy in it and there's a bit where there's a section where he sings a line and then there's a there's like a little guitar and a drum fill and he would run full tilt across the stage to get to the high points on either side of the stage just just as, as the vocal come in and you've got like that the spotlights would go on like at the beginning of mm. Ballad Home with Hell Skelter and the crowd would just be push uh, seeing people. It was it was incredible, and it was one of my highlights of it because, of, and his voice is astounding on it. It's great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, the, the voice isn't obviously what it was then, but his voice is, is still there, isn't it? When you hear him, yeah. Tough point. I think it's just it's just changed. I think this is where he's taken a lot of stick. Is that he because he poured so much into into the the live performance and was well known. For being very energetic, for jumping in amongst the crowd and hang when they were yeah. younger, climbing up the scaffolding around and hanging off the top and all sorts yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And his voice was a big part of that. And as he, I mean, he's 63 now, you can't do all that. So you, unfortunately, you do lose that part of the performance. And it was a big part of the performance because the music's fantastic, but it was it's just added that little cherry on the top, mm. you know, that that real engagement. And I, I he tries to do it now. Um, but you know he's not 25 anymore. You know you can't. Who is Leon? Who is definitely not? <laughs> right, go on then, Neil. Your number eight, please. So we'll go back to nine. We'll go to 1997. It's Discotech, and I absolutely enjoyed this song immensely when it first came out. It was different for them. To me, it was, um, and it was a, it was a nice change from what you normally heard. And it, to me, it's a real grower. <laughs> <laughs> the more you listen to it, the the more you it grow. Well, to me, it grew on me and grew on me and grew on me until it became probably one of my favourite tracks on the album. It, it, I mean, was it? Did it go to number one this single? I think it did for one week. Yeah, I, think, I think like yeah, one week, it did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, but it was a complete change to them. I mean, this is the tour that I really wanted to go and see yet couldn't get to go to. You know, the pop tour. Um, I, I, yeah, I just I'm a big fan of the album and I knew it got 
a lot of hate. Well, it did, was it hate the right it, word? No, I think this was the point where they started to get a little bit too big, and like the state, the, the stages yeah. were getting like with a big massive lemon on it. On yeah, I want a little to bit. See that? Yeah, well, I went to the Zoropa tour. Right. Uh, so it was just after Zoo TV and that, and it was great. Don't get me wrong; it was it was the spectacle to watch. But I think as they went on from like the discotheque and that and the pop album, it seemed to get just like more about the stage show and less. Whereas Rattle and Hum was just about the four guys playing their music, wasn't it? There was no real fancy. No, show. I think it became too much about yeah. I think they 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 didn't help themselves really because even though the shows were incredible, you know, I think that, like you said, the, 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 what was the tour with the lemon? What was it called? That was the zero tour, was it? Um, no, no that, that was the pop tour. That was the pop, pop tour. Yeah. 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 I think so. Was yeah. it, it became, it became so big. It was, I think it was one of the most expensive tours at the time. Yeah. Um, but you almost, people start turning around, the skeptics turn around and say, oh yeah, they've got to rely on all this. No. When in fact, when you strip all that away, they, they didn't need any of all. No. They didn't need that. No. They, had, they had it already. Yeah. And I, I've much preferred, well, I, I mean, I've been trawling, trawling the internet, looking over things in the last few weeks, just really sort of falling in love with a lot of it again. And, and even some of the later performances, when it's just them doing what they do without all the glitz, it's, it's just great. It doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Well, I'm going to disagree with both of you. I think it's fantastic to have a massive stage show because if you play in a massive arena, it's nice to feel involved at the back as it is at the front. So oh, yeah, I like to see huge, huge um, performers, you know, your Peter Gabriels, your Pink Floyd and everything. And they're all famous for these massive shows and they're immersive. And I think they're spectacular. And you're paying your money and you're getting a full show from the back as well as the front. Now, I love seeing stripped back and seeing artists on the stage, but I don't love to see them doing that at Wembley fucking Stadium and I'm yeah. sat at the back. So you want that immersive show, and and I think you oh, yeah. were kings of that for years. I mean, my friend went to see the, the the last tour they did for the Joshua Tree where they had the huge screens yeah. right across, yeah. and he said it's the visually one of the most amazing things he's ever seen. So... No, I'm all for the show. I'm, I'm oh, I don't. I don't think I don't have any issue issue with it at all. I just meant that that I think there are anybody who, the naysayers. It gave them an opportunity to turn around and say, Ah, oh, mm. okay, they've got to use that now because they can't. They can't cut it without it. That was yeah. why. I'm uh, well, yeah. yeah, and I would say, Well, go and fucking see it then. That's what yeah. I used to say. Well, I mean, there was yeah. an interesting point. Uh, what we were saying before about Neil was saying about you know, people sort of kind of hated it and, and wanted to hate it, all the rest of it. The guy that we were talking about, I've forgotten his name again, was it, was it Zane? Who said Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, yeah. Zane Lowe, when he was interviewing, he was saying that you two were famous for doing a complete, you're switching it up, you know, mm. one, one minute they were this and the next minute they'd come back and they all looked completely different and there was a, a huge directional change. And the problem was is that where they sometimes have faced a backlash is people were really in love with what they were doing before. And they, they changed, because they continuously changed, we turn around and say, well, hang on a minute, we're not done with that era yet, we want a little bit longer. Can, yeah. you, not, can you not stay, you know, in Unforgettable Fire Territory another year or or Joshua Tree Territory another year? And But no, they were continuously trying to, I mean, as Bono says in his book, they were always looking for another mountain. You yeah. know, they climbed to the top of a mountain and then and then, and then they, they're over there, there was another one to climb and he... And he's always done that. He's never ever felt satisfied that they've ever reached a point where he can. And I guess that's why he keeps writing and they keep, you know, keep playing. Yeah. But yeah. I would have thought, you know, I mean, 
you know, with that as well, it, it keeps it fresh. Because if they'd have done another Unforgettable Fire album, they'd have got yeah. slated for just doing the same again. Yeah. And that's that's what happens. I mean, the only thing we're all, I mean, I don't know about you, Leon. I mean, I'm, I dissed them for was the Apple saga. Um, they shouldn't um, be really. Again, I didn't like about the fact, that. It was yeah. taken the wrong way that he, he will actually acknowledge now that it wasn't a good idea and it actually shot them. It was a, it was a, an idea. They thought, they thought, what a great idea. You know, we'd like to give people our music for free. You know, we, we just like people to have it, you know, want to please, you know, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy what we've done. Um, but he said he got misconstrued, taken the wrong way. It's like, and everybody's like, what if I don't bloody want your fucking music? Yeah, on yeah, my yeah, exactly. It's a bit arrogant yeah. of you to me to wake up on a on a Saturday morning. And I've got a bloody album I don't want on here. Yeah. Um. And he said it, the, the the message was lost, but he acknowledges it. It probably wasn't the best of ideas, but mm. I think they only had good intentions. But yeah. But then if they'd have charged a tenner for it, and people would still moan. <laughs> so you know, well, <clears throat> no one can be happy all the time. I think it'd have been better to give people the option rather yeah, than actually download thing. automatically. Yeah. Just say if you want this on us, have it. Yeah. Um, you know, but to yeah, to, to just go, yeah, you there you go, you have it anyway. We'll take your storage <laughs> up on your phone and, over, yeah. yeah, overstepping it a bit, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, that was uh, your number eight, Neil. My number eight is numb from I think this is the Zeropa album, I think, wasn't it? Numb. Great album, uh, but it's got a great video. Um, and it was just a little bit different. It was nice to hear the Edge singing, oh, yeah. even though it's very Mr. Bright, Mr. <laughs> Brightside monotone, that. isn't it? It's just like that. <laughs> I could do the voice I got at the moment. With Bono is that the coming. video where he sat on the chair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. Bono comes in every so often and singing the I Feel Numb bit, and they cut his vest off. And mm. There you go. You can just hear that. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a real... Like interesting little song that has, I don't know if it's really got a place in the in the U two discography, you know, because it's a very weird little song. But I think this went to number one for a week as well. I think I'm fine if I don't. I remember. don't know. I, I had the opposite effect with it. See, when I heard it, my heart just kind of sank. I yeah. thought, what the hell is? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. oh, maybe I should revisit it. You know. It's, it is a, it's a it's a good little ditty. I don't think you can a ever ditty. call a YouTube song a ditty, but uh, but for me, yeah, I I I did enjoy that song. Uh, uh, Leon, your number seven, then please. Number seven um, is a Joshua Tree song, um, and it, it's one of my favourites off the album. That's Red Hill Mining Town. That's my number six. It's it's just it's a great it's just great it's a it's a wonderful little story. The vocals in it are just amazing. Another one that I've I've probably, you know, at age seventeen, screamed myself hoarse singing along to and trying to hit the notes at the end. Um, it's just a great song. We're all having a little listen. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it is a great tune. What's the story? Do you know the story behind this song, Leon? I don't. I don't know a lot about it. I know obviously when they when they first went to America, and they were visiting a lot of. They, as they put it in their one of their latest interviews, they they fell in love with the desert. They fell in love with the you know the peace of it all, and, and I guess they visited a lot of places, you know, and saw a lot of American culture deep deep in the heart of America, which is what they, as I think as Neil said, what was it? The original working title was the Two Americas, wasn't it? Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. I think they really really got 
lost and immersed. I, there was a good documentary. I, I used to have a recording of it on, on, I probably still have actually on VHS. And it was, um, I think it was the old Grey Whistle Test. And it was when they were touring the Joshua Tree um, and, and traveling around America. And you could see they were in and out of cowboy, you know, you see him buying his first pair of cowboy boots and his hat. And they really, you can see with the progression from the Joshua Tree into Rattling Home, they really immersed themselves in American culture and that whole kind of styling. Um, oh, hang on. Sorry, sorry to disappear then. No, no. No, you're, still no, you're fine. You're still there. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, had a, I had a message come over my screen and it said your battery was low or something. But it's fine. I, got, I might go and nip off in a minute. I don't know why it's gone so low so fast. But um, yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, I think that was, I was probably just, perhaps they did. They found, I, I wouldn't would like to say what little town it was based on. I'm sure it's written somewhere, but I, I don't know. I haven't. I'm not that geeky enough to know that, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, to be fair, if anybody wants to know, Google it, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, so, Neil, your number seven was Mysterious Ways. It was. <laughs> and my number seven um, was another one from Rattle and Hum, and it's uh, Desire. Probably, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming other people will have that quite high. And uh, Leon now, for our listeners, is just uh, yeah. sliding the uh, the seven inch single across the screen. Well, here's, here's, another, here's another gatefold. Oh, another gatefold. Awesome. Another gatefold. I'm going to. I just wiped out Angela Harlan in the process. Though. Oh dear. <laughs> now, I don't like trying to guess what other people's number ones are, but I got a feeling that Neil's might be this one. That's my that's my guess. I'm not saying whether it is. He's very got a very good poker face. Um, but not in not in any of yours, Leon. Do you know? It, it, I thought about. I, I really wrestled with this. This was, as I mentioned earlier, the first U two single I bought. I love it as a song. Um, I love the harmonica section. It's great. But um, I don't know why I didn't put it in. But I guess it was one of those ones I could have swapped out, and then I would have regretted. I, there was a part of me wanted to, because of the era, I fell in love with them, and, and particularly you know, 88, I could have quite easily put, you know, two thirds of, of my top 10 as being on that album. Yeah. Mm. But I wanted to give some of the other albums, you know, a bit of justice. Cause w- when you go back there, there are the songs are fantastic all the way through the beginning. So, um, so no, I, I, I didn't put that in. No. Oh, surprising. I must admit. Okay. That's my number seven. Uh, so Leon, your number six, please. My number six um, is a live one off of uh, Under Red Red Sky, and that's the live version. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. The Gloria, which is from the October album, mm. um, which is probably the least known U2 album. Um, there's some really great tracks on there, but it just didn't seem to resonate quite as much with people as the first one. Um, but it's it's just great. Great guitar work, great, great live performance. And this was the one that when we were talking about it at work, I was saying that is this is this a cover of the Van Morrison song? No, but it's not, is it? But they have. It's not. Are they not. They, they, he does. They do it. I think in Rattle and Hum. Right, that's where I got I it from, wasn't one it? Of the, one of the tracks. I can't remember. It might even be bad. That seems to be a favourite to, to to add other bits in. He does sing uh, certainly on that in that movie. He does sing one of the songs. He does. He does sing. It's the yeah. G L O R A A bit. Isn't no, that's it? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 
Ah, right. Okay. Um, that's the opening song from uh, Under a Blood Red Sky. Yeah, that must you must be able to see that on YouTube, can't you? That yeah, yeah. Blood that's that's on that's on the Under a Blood Red Sky sort of film that they made. That, yeah. that's that's on there. I'll put it's that. Great. On the, yeah. I, funny enough, I know you can because I watched the live footage of it this morning. I will put that on the uh, video playlist for our Patreon uh, top heads. Uh, thank you very much for that one, Neil. You're number six. So we're still on the rattle and hum <laughs> steam tray. Angel of Harlem. Okay, that's my number two. I think that's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. You know, and there and it is. There's the cover. We talk about U2's ability to write great songs. That, that I don't want ballads. I suppose we could put class them under. I think they write beautiful songs. You know, the slower songs. Um, I, I'm a real fan of. They resonate with me a lot. And Angel of Harlem. It's, I just love it. It's just... Another one that could easily have been on my list, I think. Mm. Great, great lyrics, great yeah. vocals. Oh, it's, the, it's the, just the whole vibe of the song, the whole feel of the song. This was a song that I actually damaged my voice singing at a gig yeah. one night. Because yeah. I sang it, and then at the end of that, I couldn't sing anything else because it just cracked my voice. I have just yeah. started putting it back in my set because it's just... And I was surprised, actually, because I thought, I'm going to sing this one for me. But the amount of people that sang along to it, I was mm. really surprised. Because I don't think, when you think of you 2 you don't really think of this song. You know, you think of... All I used to cover this. It's, again, it's another one of these magic songs. I think it's only about three or four chords. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not that complicated to play, but it's, yeah, it's all about the delivery. That, you know, it's, it's a great song. Yeah. What it's songs do you still play when you do your covers set, then? Leon. What you do ones? Yeah, do you still cover them when you do? Yeah, yeah. I, when I'm doing solo stuff, I, I normally do "All I Want Is You." I have done "Angel of Harlem" before. Now, uh, still am found what I'm looking for. Running to mm. stand still is another one. Um, I've have you followed them at all into their newer stuff? Have you ever tried it? Doing um, I, probably the last time I really got into it, I, I mean, um, was how did this matter? Atomic Bomb because that. That was the closest they've got in recent years to the older stuff, mm. and I think that I think it had a lot of passion in it. That album, a lot of you know, with him losing his father and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that was why it was, I don't know if you know this. That was why it was that was the title of it. No, so when he lost, right. yeah, when he lost his dad, Bono was said is quoting that um, trying to deal with the loss of his father was like trying to dismantle an atomic bomb in his head. Uh, it was okay. it wasn't sure, you know. So that was where, where the title where the title came from the album, apparently. There we go. There you go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're halfway through, so it's time for this. What was your number six? What? You didn't do your number six. Oh, sorry, my number six was Red Hill Mining Town. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, yeah. I did. So it's time for this. Pop quiz, hot shot. Pop quiz, hot shot. Okay. Um, Oh, press the wrong one there. Right, okay. (laughs) Okay, so instead of doing actual U2 um, trivia questions, I have got some lyrics, and you need to tell me what song these lyrics are from. Now, obviously, they're all U2 lyrics, um, but you need to tell me what voice I have to do them in, just to make them a little bit harder. Now, obviously, I've got the uh, movie trailer voice with the, the, the cold that I've got at the moment. So who's going first? Leon, you are the guest. You can choose whether you want to go first or second. It's first one to three. And if the other person gets it right or gets it wrong, then the other person gets a chance um, to steal the point. Go on, then. I'll, I'll have a go. I'll go. Okay. What kind of voice would you like? Um, do the movie voice then, because okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make it easy on you, because I know you're struggling with you. Okay. I see the dust cloud disappear without a trace. I want to take shelter from... <laughs> The poison rain. That's very, very peculiar. Well, it's where the streets have no name. Yeah. Correct, it is. One to you. Okay, Neil, what voice yes. do you want? No, uh, is... I'll go Mickey Mouse. No, no, oh, I'm joking. You no, can do I'm Mickey, joke. No, do Mickey Mouse joking. if you want. Go on then. Oh, that's not Mickey Mouse. I'll do Baby's got blue skies up ahead, but in this, I'm a rain cloud. You know, That's she very... wants a dry kind of love. Oh, I don't know. I'm useless at I that. know what it is. Go on, Leon, have it. It's the sweetest thing. Uh, well done, Leon. So this one for the win, Leon. This could be the quickest one so far. Probably yeah. will be. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was looking on that bit. Oh, go on, I'll, tell you. I'll do the trivia in a minute. Yeah, do the trivia in a minute. Okay, so Leon, uh, what voice do you want? I feel like I want Mickey Mouse again. Mickey Mouse, okay. Hey! No, that was... was, (laughs) She's slippy. Oh, you're sliding down. She'll be there when you hit the ground. Woo! That's Mysterious Ways. 
Well Do done. Good. I mean, that's it. That was it. That, I mean, that well was... done, Leon. I and knew I that did, was I did all three, seven different <laughs> questions for that, and you got all three <laughs> of them done. Um, I could have told you that one would have been. Bit, 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 a quick trivia then. So the original version of the sweetest thing is actually a B side on one of the streets that have no name, which was what was the song called? The, the where the streets have no name. The sweetest thing is a B side off of where the streets have no name on the single. Right. The original, the original version. Remember we were talking about it before, and you were also talking about one of your one of the people who. Messaging, I've forgotten who it was now. Dancing Barefoot. Dancing Barefoot, which I can't remember as a song, is the B-side to When Love Comes to Town. There you go. Ah. So why did they re-release The Sweetest Thing? Because they did the video with Boyzone so, and all of them. So if you, if you actually listen to the original version of The Sweetest Thing, um, it was just a, it is a proper B-side. It's the, mm. the basics of the song are there, but it's nowhere near as complete. You can see it was like a, a studio outtake of something they were doing, and and it, it's not it's not a complete song. It's not as long, and it, and it kind of ends with some weird drum bits in it, um, and it doesn't have that signature little guitar rundown that Edge does. There's in that little I can't really do it. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, so there, there was a real reworking of it. But I'm not sure when that came out uh, as a. Single was that we be late nineties? It was, I think, late nineties, early two thousands. Well, yeah, yeah, I was so you, say it a bit, yeah, yeah. So this this is dancing barefoot, and this was Anna, who we mentioned in we'll mention in the honourable mentions. There's a nice little story behind this one, but I can't say I re- I, I recognise or remember that song. No, if, but if you hear, um, there was a, I was talking about this before the on the. Uh, on the reworked version of it, there's a song which is again is a, a B-side from the Unforgettable Fire called "The Three Sunrises," um, and that little guitar part that's in it is it's very similar. So you can see how he kind of he robbed it directly, but there's there's a very similar kind of feel to it. Yeah, uh, that's a great little song actually, but not on my list. <laughs> we can't hear you, Pav. We've done it again. Sorry, we've done it again. <laughs> we, just let you, we should let him go for a while. Just oh, sorry. Could've I was going to say, you never throw anything away, Leon, do you? That's the thing as a songwriter. You have always these little bits. It's always no, better just to no, hug it away exactly. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, right then, Leon, your number five, please. Uh, number five, Back to Back, is another live one. And it's an, it's a live one from Rattle and Hum. It was a, a Joshua Tree B-side again, and that is Silver and Gold. Right. Which is a fucking belter. Yeah. I mean, we should have just done what was our ten favourite songs from Rattle and Hum, really. That's what it's gone, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. yeah, I think I've done because we've done we've done pretty well on that. I think we've we've covered nearly every song so far. But then it is such an awesome album, so yeah, that'd be I mean, helped, and it's generational got... to us, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, I think I've only got I've only got two, I think, off of there possibly. <laughs> You're okay. Oh, shit. Sorry. It's another another one that you have to... I mean, the the recorded version is awesome, but you really got to see the film as well because he's Mm. so... Again, there's so much bollocks in it. You know what I mean? It's such a great performance. He really throws himself at that song. Everything he's got, he really throws himself at it. It's 
It's great. I love it. Yeah, I don't brilliant. mean there to be a brilliant. bad pun, but there's such an edge to it. I don't mean it to be a bad pun. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it, it is. I mean, it's it's a very, you know, Scoop Greg, another great song lyrically. And he really, you know, he's got a real point to make and you, and you know he's making it. Yeah. You know, uh, and he really takes a song and shoves it down his throat. You, you're yeah. getting it both barrels and it's it's great you just want more it's great it's really think, great i think isn't it in it's rattle and hum where they're talking to bb king because they're doing, they're doing when love comes to town and bb yeah. king is just shaking his head about how deep the lyrics are yeah, yeah. apart from the fact he's saying that oh i don't do chords doesn't he bb king says no, no right, I, yeah, I don't yeah. do chords but they're talking about the lyrics of when love comes to town and he's just shaking his head saying man these these lyrics are just so deep and that's what yeah. so when, what what year was rattle and hum 87 88. 88. Yeah. So even that's like 35 years ago. So you're talking, you know, Bono there, 28 years old. You yeah. Know? You think what he's achieved at 28. It's crazy. It is. It is bonkers, really. It's absolutely crazy. Mm. Anyway, go on then, Neil, you're number five. So it's With or Without You. <laughs> now, this song is basically, was when I was in a relationship when this song came out, it was, we all have our song and this was, our song so i thought i had to put it in there but it still holds up today as a beautiful song it's a lovely song um yeah and that's the reason why i put it in there simply a selfish one for me but it still brings back a lot of fond memories of the time and why not and why not and why not so this is got songs like that this was a question i wanted to ask you leon as a songwriter yeah yeah now this is one of those famous songs that is like that four chord pattern where there are a million songs with these four chords. Is there a name for that four chord pattern? If there is, I'm not aware of it. I mean, there there might be on, if you actually Googled it. Yeah. I didn't know if there was a technical name. It might might be given some kind of, I don't want to say a sarcastic name, but something because it is, it is so well used, but I mean, it's proof that if, if it's been used that many times, but you don't immediately go, oh, that song sounds like that song, that song sounds like that song. Just how, you know, you can wrap a different melody around a single section of chords and make it sound so different. Um, but no, 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 not, not that I'm aware of. Maybe, maybe you know. So the one thing that I found, I mean, I, I know this is a million miles from you two, but I'm... Um... I'm delving into Taylor Swift's back catalogue at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And it amazes me how how you can pick out those four. Like, she has a lot of songs that are those four chords. But every song sounds different. Yeah. There isn't a single phrase or, or a lyric or melody that sounds similar to them in every song. And I think because it wasn't Ed Sheeran that has just um, been cleared by the courts about yeah. uh, a song that is like Marvin Gaye. And he was saying on a, uh, on a podcast or a, a chat show, Howard Stern, he was talking to Howard Stern and saying that the day when they say that changing from G to C means that you are copying something from 1965. He said, that's it. We might as well all just pack up because yeah, yeah, you, you can't copyright that, no. you know, what you put over the top of it and what your melody in that is. I just wondered whether that, four because there are not, so not, many not songs. I'm aware of no I'm aware anybody of. if anybody knows that then please um yeah email us and let us know because uh i would like to know um, <laughs> if i'm on my if i'm on my number four i think we're going to you know i kind of messed up earlier on because it was 
I think Neil had you had New Year's Day, didn't you, earlier on? Yeah, number nine, yeah. Yeah, I should have chipped in. That was, oh, that that was your number four, is it? That was my number four. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so I'll go say my number. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, there it is. So my number five, five uh, is a cover version, and it is Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, which was Ooh. on. It was on the uh, what album was it? There was a Christmas. Oh, I'm going to jump in very quick. Go on then. I know this is not part of the thing. I am going to disappear for about. 30 seconds. Okay. I'm concerned that my phone is, is going to die on me. That's fine. Otherwise. We'll just chat about this while you go. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> so I'm this not aware was on, of this song. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this was a, um, like a warm-up for a gig. They were doing the right. same check. So they just did this. And it's it was on an album called A Very Merry Christmas, where it had loads of different stars. Uh, John Bon Jovi did a song called mm-hmm. I Wish Every Day Could Be Like Christmas. I think Annie Lennox did a version of um, Walking in a Winter Wonderland. It was had some great songs. But there was this one, and I thought, I just, and I, I do this version at Christmas time. Because it is such a good version mm. of a song. It's very U2. It sounds yes. like U2, but it's a Christmas song. So what more? I think mm. well, this, I had this in my top 10 Christmas songs. Um, yeah, you probably and it's very did. Often... I think I, I was unaware of it then. Yeah. I still am. I must, it's, I must it's, listen. It's, you know, it's not often that you'll get a U2 uh, song where it's a cover version. So no, I thought I'd have that one in there because um, it's got everything. You've got U2, got Christmas. What more do you need? Mm-hmm. You That's my number five. So number four, Leon, yours was New Year's Day. Yeah. Neil, your number four was uh, Where the Streets Have No Name. So my number four is from um, uh, All You Can't Leave Behind, and it's In a Little While. Which is, like you were saying earlier on, Neil, um, that they can write beautiful songs. Mm. Um, This is a very delicate little, beautiful... Great, um, great live version of this the other day, just the two of them. On the little, I think it's, I forgot what the session is, the bookstore sessions. Oh, what, the little desk sessions? The desk sessions, that's it. They do a fantastic acoustic version of this i will put that in the video playlist because it that is just a lovely sort of like half hour 40 minutes where they did some songs for them Uh, but this is just a gorgeous little song and and again bono's voice in this is just top notch yeah it's great there's no isn't there's no frills in this song it's very simple but beautiful so it's um it's very reminiscent to me of my, of my number one. So I'm not going to say any much more about. It. And that is a great album. That was like, for me their last for me their last great album. Um, that beautiful day and things like that on it. But uh, if you get a chance to listen to this one, and I will, but I'll put that on the video playlist because that is a great little um, little desk sessions, whatever they call them. But yeah, so that's my number four. I think was it? Yeah, my number four. So Leon, your number three, please. Uh, number three, I'm going right back to the beginning. Uh, so going back to the Boy album, and I think it was U2's first single that was released even before they were signed to um, Island Records. And it's a song called Out of Control. And it's it was one of the singles off of, off of Boy. Um, and I don't know why, it just I think it was because when I was really into this band and had gone back was I'm I'm a 16 year old kid. And and when he wrote this, he was 18. So I kind of really got it. And I really understood. I felt like, you know, 
yeah, you know, thought, oh, this is me. He's talking about, you know, it's just great. It's a great mm. little song. When was it? When was it released? <clears throat> Nineteen eighty, boy, came out. Right, Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's even. Oh, longer. I know, yeah. That's even longer. So if, like, like I say, I've I've not really listened to the first two or three albums of you two. Is it better to start from the very start, or is there a better one to um, go if into? You, if you start, if you start from this, you you've basically got four young lads that are just breaking into music and throwing themselves at. And the things they're singing about are things that you sing about when you're 18. You know, this is this is him singing about. I woke up one morning bored, you know. Um, and he's saying like there was, well, he says that I was feeling that, you know, if you can, I don't know if you can pick it out. Oh, so we faded it out then. But a lot, of, a lot of the lyrics on that first, you know, I will follow back being a young guy, you know, 11 o'clock TikTok. They're all, you know, there, there was a, I think the guys Zane talks about when they were younger, they used to write a lot about themselves and being young, young people growing up in Ireland. And then there was a shift between sort of war and unforgettable fire, all of a sudden they started writing more about other people. And that's when they got really interesting when they started bringing other characters into it. So you're talking about writing about Martin Luther King and, and mm. sort of things like that. Um, but it's great. There's a lot of energy in that first album. I love it. And the second album was great. I like October, but it has some really good songs on there. And I always felt like it never really got a full shout. Um, this, I mean, October itself is probably, I don't know, minute and a half long just a beautiful little piano piece and the lyrics there's hardly any lyrics in it but it's, it's just it's a really great little album but the one that really really kicked them off was war um and i, I say pab if you want to you know you should give yourself a chance to listen to the album it's a it's a fantastic album it really is a, a fantastic piece of writing okay um some great great songs on the album Okay, thank you very much for that. Leon, Neil, you're number three. It's one. <laughs> it's no, three. You're number three. One. <laughs> yeah, it's just one. Three is one. A, <clears throat> three is one. One. Um, another beautiful song that they've written. Um, I know this has been covered before, hasn't it, by other people? Not as well as you two do. The original one is just the great. Again, it's just another love song to me that's beautiful. A, love, a lovely little ballad, a lovely, beautiful song that would quite easily appear on my playlist tomorrow as it would probably in a year's time. I just never tire of listening to it. I know it's like people say it's overplayed and it's, you know, become one of those cachet songs that you hear on a talent show and they've got the fucking sob story going off and all that shit. But no, it's more than that. It's it's a beautiful song and it should be recognised more for being that. And this, this, I think, is those four chords as well. Oh, quite possibly, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. It's the same four um, chords, or maybe slightly different. I mean, there's a little change in there as well, isn't there? With or with it, without you, is the same four chords all the way through the song. This has got a few. Yeah. So if I remember right, with or without you is, is uh, I think it's like a D, A, B minor, and a G, I think. Whereas this is a this is an A. What have you got? You got an A minor. I think there's an A minor in there somewhere. There's A minor, a D, and an F. I think there's a a C in there you know there's a it's all in the same ballpark as yeah. you know they're all they're all quite I, I kind of get the impression that a lot of those sorts of songs because Bono does play guitar a little bit he just doesn't tend mm. to do it live as you know he does he does a little bit in the in the, in the movie mm. um, I think he writes quite a lot of simplistic 
ballads and stuff like that himself. And then obviously the Edge puts his, you know, his magic on the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Neil. Uh, my number three was Sunday Bloody Sunday, but the live version. Uh, so, Leon, back to you for your number two. So, number two, um, I, I really struggled with this to put this, this, you know, wanted it in my head and my heart. This wanted to be my number one, but for reasons that we've kind of touched on briefly, um, I've, it's slid into the number two spot, and that's bad. Um, it's funny enough when we were talking about the singles earlier on bad wasn't an actual well if it was a single I, I have never seen it it was the unforgettable fire um, and uh, pride and a sort of homecoming I think was a double I think it was released as a double A from what I can from what I can tell so th- this you was know? the song that they did on Live Aid wasn't it yeah 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 it, it's just it's written so if you again if you read the book uh, where they grew up in Dublin, there was a, you know, a, a close community. There was a, a family. I forget the names of one of the one of the guys was an artist, and the youngest brother of the family um, is actually the the boy that is on the front cover of Boy and again on War. Oh, That's right. the youngest child. But one of the one of the guys, one of the brothers in the family, um, was with his dad uh, in a street when a bomb went off. Um, and they were lucky they weren't killed, but it, it, it marked him for his life. And he actually became a drug addict. Um, and Bono says he like he nearly died twice because he nearly died in the explosion and he nearly died from an overdose. And this song was written for him and it's written all about addiction and, and you know, trying to come to terms with life. I think that's the general yeah. idea of it. That's what it's written about. I should remember the guy's name and I can't remember it because my memory is crap. That was very good, though. I, I, would, good. I would advise YouTube anyone trivia. as well if, you, if you're into the band at all in any way. I would, I would get the book and read it. It's fantastic. If you want to borrow it when I'm done with it, you're welcome. <laughs> it really, it really is great. It's very interesting. Leon, you'll have to ring Pav up and read it to him. Yeah, if you could, read. please. Yeah, is, is, is that that of, has it got pictures in it, Leon? Is there pictures in it? Um, I think there's scrawlings in it. Is there? Well, I mean, nobody's got time for reading words, have they? I mean, come on, for goodness' sake. <laughs> You'll just have um, to read it to him. Oh, there must be an audio book. Yeah, there'd be an audio book. Uh, yeah. So, Neil, your number two was All I Want Is You. Yep. My number two was Angel of Harlem. So, now, this will be interesting whether Leon can remember. Before we re- reveal our number ones, let's just uh, do a countdown of ten to two. Can you remember Leon or not? Uh, but all the way through. From your me, number ten um, to number two. And then Neil will uh, do the same, and then I'll do number, the same. Number, number ten was a sort of homecoming. Um, number nine, I believe, was All I Want Is You. Uh, number eight, I think, was uh, God Part Two. Uh, number seven, I think, I think was um, Red Hill Mining Town. Number six was the live version of Red Rocks of Gloria. Five was the Rattle and Hum live version of Silver and Gold. Uh, four was New Year's Day. Three was Out of Control from the Boy album. And then two, we've just had Bad from the Unforgettable Fire. Well done. Well done, Leon. <laughs> Without a script at all. Fantastic. Dig in deep. Well done. Go on then, Neil. So at number 10, I had Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah. At number nine, New Year's Day. Yeah. 
Number eight, discotheque. Seven, mysterious ways. Oh shit, I thought that was on your knees, boy. That'd be so great if that was on your knees, boy, then. That'd have been fantastic. (laughs) Shit. So, six, Angel of Harlem. Number five, with or without you. Four, where the streets have no name. Number three, one. Number two, all I want to see. Okay, minus number 10, Mysterious Ways. Oh, there we go. There you go. Number nine, Where the Streets Have No Name. Eight was Numb. Uh, There you go. Number seven was Desire. Number six, Red Hill Mining Town. Number five, Baby Please Come Home. Ah, shit, I keep pressing the wrong bastard word. Four in a little while, three Sunday, Bloody Sunday, and two, Angel of Harlem. So, Leon, what is your number one U2 song? So... My number one, it's very hard to get to this, but I've had to base it on what we talked about earlier on. Um, my number one U2 song is Where the Streets Have No Name. Um, it made it to the number one spot purely for what we talked around earlier on is the Sun Devil Stadium live section of Rowlingham and that red backdrop with the strobe lights. Mm. Um, I, I I remember seeing that and and having my you know my heart my mouth and you know just being gobsmacked by like you say it's an incredible moment in in the movie but then whenever i hear that song i remember seeing it you know um whatever it was six months later i think it was less than that it was i think it was in december it was december when i went to see them i think the movie came out in about september october something like that so it was only um, actually, the movie came out in '88, didn't it? The, the mm. tour was '89. So sorry, it was a year later. I was actually stood there in Paris, and they—it was exactly the same. All you know, there's all the bustle. You've had the the, the, uh, the first band on, and then all of a sudden the lights go down, and the red backdrop comes in, and that and that music comes in, and everyone went nuts. Mm. And then you just see the silhouette. You, well, you see the, you see the silhouette. And then the stroke comes in, and there's the edge doing the part, exactly the same as the movie. Yeah. And then the moment, the moment for me was there he was walking through, you know, cowboy hat on, and up to the crowd. And did, that did, was did it. the I, lights, I was, to, to the like the lights of the stadium all come up on that? Yeah. That bit. Yeah. So he walks in. So the edge, the strobe's there, the red background, and and he's and, he, and he's seeing him playing the part, and the others are tinkering away in the background, almost in darkness, and then you just see Bono's silhouette come out. He puts his hand up. And then as it comes out, yeah, and then as we hit that, that the last little bit, the whole place is, yeah, and that was it. They were gone, Man, uh, yeah. and it was it was one of the you know remembering it was one of the especially at sixteen is one of the greatest. But I could have died then and been happy. You know, what I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing, and that's why that went to number. That was my number one because it just it reminds me of that moment. And it's great, a great, great, great song. It is well a great done. Song. Um, right then, so Neil, what is your number one YouTube so th- song? So this could have easily been Leon's number one. It's bad. Um, oh, the song, right. Yeah, it's bad. Um, first hearing it on Unforgettable Fire, I had it on cassette, not vinyl, back in the day when I first bought it. It was the standout song back then, and it's followed me ever since. It goes on every playlist I ever have, from a car, from a house, whatever playlist it's on there. And it, to me, it's by far their best song. I don't know. I just love it I think it's a fantastic song and it's yeah. been interesting to find out what it was about from Leon <laughs> because I yeah well I would not say don't, don't quote me on how accurate I am but I'm, I'm mm. pretty sure that's that's you know that's along the lines 
I only, read, like, I only read that chapter of the book about, about a month ago, so I should still remember, but... Yeah, at our age, <laughs> Leon, it's one of those things. There um, you go. But, I, thought you, I thought Desire was going to be your number one. It kept going really in and did. out of my top ten. It, it really didn't even did. make your top, it didn't even make your top ten. Well, it did last week. It's an ever-evolving list. It's it one is. of these ones it that is. we say, you know, it's like oh. the best movies and all of this. It's For my limited knowledge of you two, I mean, I, I feel I like them and I know enough about them. I still struggle to get 10 because it kept evolving. Yeah. Okay, so my number one is one, because uh, I think it is one of the greatest songs ever written. Without a shadow of a doubt, and I think it's the simplicity. <laughs> yeah, I had. The, I think I had the CD single of it. I think. Yeah. And um, I've said a million times, this song and the master plan by Oasis will be played at my funeral. These are my funeral songs, <laughs> and I think a song has to be special to be played at a funeral, at your mm-hmm. own funeral. There is just something simplicity about it, but the the words, the melody. Um, the strings in it just makes it one of the greatest. It, it could have been, it, yeah. It's another one that could have been on on my on my uh, alternate universe top ten. That would have yeah. been on it. I mean, I think that's the way I've got to look at it. I could have had there were ones that you guys have both gone tonight. I go, yeah, that'd have been on my that'd have been my alternate top ten. Yeah. The thing is, if we did if we do this this six months time, your top ten would probably be completely different. Like Neil said, it depends on how you're feeling at that particular time. What songs yeah, maybe, yeah. most, you know? It's just how it is with with some of these artists. There were some other ones that actually other suggestions are the ones that that nearly made the cut. Um, ones that uh, I was quite partial to off of uh, was Elevation. I like Elevation. Yeah, was that used, was um, that one ones, used in Tomb Raider? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. yeah um, cool. Also, another movie one. Um, I'm going to get the title right. Uh, Hold me, kill me, kiss me. No, hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kiss kill me, me, kill me. Yeah, yeah. From, great uh, song. Um, I to that this morning. I forgot what a great song that is, and it's a really great. I just mm. love the chords in it. It's great. That's that's a good tune. Yeah. There, there are two. There are too many. I mean, the Joshua Tree. You could pick through and Rattling Home. You could pick through. Um, I mean, there's there's beautiful songs on Rattling Home, like Heartlands, and it's a beautiful mm. song. Man. Um, but if I go back, I mean, the War album. Um, there's two hearts beat as one, which Bono wrote oh, yeah. his wife. Great track. Um, Forty is a is a wonderful little little tune. There, there, there are just too many to you know, and then you get more obscure with some of the again that I mentioned one earlier on, which is a B side of. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to find it actually on there on your box of tricks. There's one called the Three Sunrises. Let's have a look, shall we? If you can find the three sunrises while we're on here, that's right. We're nearing the end. And, of and what's what's the reason for that one? The three. Um, it's just one. Of, it's one of my. It's one of my favourites. I heard it on the the making of the Unforgettable Fire album, and then I found it when I eventually started collecting the singles. I found it as a B side. Now, you, if you if you listen to the little guitar riff, this is. Because I was saying it sounds like it comes from the sweetest thing. You get that? Yeah, you're kind of at the end of it now, but the little... Yeah. Can you hear that? The sweetest yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a similar sound, that little doo-dee-dee-dee. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a great little tune, but if you watch the, I think I remember it more because I remember watching the live bit and they're all just messing around in the studio when he's recording it. But that's that's one of the, uh, yeah, outtake stroke B-sides from, from that album. Great one. Great one. Okay, let's go through some of the honourable mentions we got. Chris Phillips said Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Paul Osgood, I Will Follow. Steve Godwin, New Year's Day. Karen Clark said With or Without You. Kirsten Prince said Bad is my all-time favourite of theirs. Anna, Anna Cochran said Dancing Barefoot. I met a boy in 94. We watched the movie Threesome, and this was part of the soundtrack. The sexiest, nu- the sexiest night I had as a young lady. Mm. Even though nothing major happened, this song will make me think of him every time I hear it. Ooh. There you go. Uh, oh, somebody we all know, Mr. John Parker, said, love all the best ones. I'm liking Pride and Where the Streets Have No Name. Uh, or is it I Will Follow and Electric Co., Electric Company? Yeah, the, Ele- the Electric Co. is off of boys. It's also, right. there's a live version on um, Under a Blood Red Sky. Right. That's, option that's Paralysis, a- he says. Uh, option <laughs> Paralysis with a... Um, uh, what are they called? What's it with a line and a dot? What the exclamation mark? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. This cold. Stu Grant says, hold me, kill me, kiss me, thrill me. That's all I got, yeah. he said. Dan the Man Harper said, bullet the blue sky. Oh, Kareem, that's great. Kareem yeah, Pasta, with great. or without you. Laura Foster Franks said, stuck in a moment you can't get out of, or 40. I could go on, but these two are favourites. Did you know who that was written for? Who that was written about? Which one, 40? No, no, no. Um, stuck, stuck in a moment. No? That was written um, by Michael Hutchins. Yeah, 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 he mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. That was really uh, she says I could go on, but those two are my favourites. They are my all-time favourite band. And I did notice that we were chatting a little bit earlier on. She's going to Vegas to the um, to the shows for acting. Oh Vegas. wow, cool! She's got oh, tickets for the opening but minus night. Minus Larry, apparently. isn't it? Is it minus Larry? Is it? Yeah, he's not playing. Larry's he's had back surgery, hasn't he? Oh no! Yeah, he can't oh, well. play. Oh dear! Yeah. Uh, First Larry's time in sat- their entire career they've never played as the four of them. Wow. Uh, you know, wow. when they've done a band, it was yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. sitting here. First time, wow. it's not bad, is it? In whatever, mm-hmm. 43 yeah. years, 43 uh, Larry Salas says Red Hill Mining Town and the non-remastered version of Sweetest Thing. And for a final choice, who's going to ride your wild horses? And Lisa Buchanan says, Beautiful Day and In God's Country are two of my faves. <laughs> Honourable mentions are Sunday Bloody Sunday and Stuck in the Moment. Listening to a YouTube channel right now on Spotify, my God, so many of them that I can remember singing along to, Memory Overload, and Oh My God, One with Mary J. Blige. So there you go. Fantastic. That's it. Now, before we go, Leon, I think we would be remiss of us not to mention uh, the band um, <laughs> and where you are at the moment and, and, and what you've got going on. So, uh, well, thank you for that. So the band of the, of the same name, the Leon Day Band, the most inventive name we could possibly come up with. Um, we, we released our debut album back in March, which is called Crashland. Um, we are out gigging all over the place at the moment. The nearest one we've got, we're playing at the Rolleston, uh, the Rolly in Swindon this Friday. And then Saturday we're trekking all the way down to um, Pontypreet over the bridge to a, a place called The Green Rooms where we've got a musical showcase to do there. We've got lots of festivals and things coming up in the summer and I think we're, we've only got a handful of dates left to fit in this year now. We're, we're off anywhere from right down to Wade Bridge. We're playing a big festival down in Wade Bridge at the Royal Cornwall Showground next, next month now. Yeah, we get 1st of July 
and we're off the bat. We're playing in Barry Island in about oh, three weeks. Barry oh, Barry Island. Wow. <laughs> so for all of, our, all of our American friends, how would you describe your music? What would you describe it as? Um, well, it's, I mean, it's influenced by, by bands like, I mean, I grew up, as I say, listening to you two. We're, we're kind of more edging towards alternative rock, indie rock with a bit of blues thrown in. So it is... Um, a lot of people said we were in the same vein of bands like the Manic Street Breaches, okay. which I'm quite happy to sit with. Yeah, as, as you know, from yeah. conversations with me, you know, I'm a big feeder fan, and there's elements of that in there. There's elements of, I want to say the U2 sound, but um, as I, I've always said to people, I kind of jokingly say Bono was my vocal coach growing up because right. he was my inspiration that, you know, I wanted to sing, and I've always tried to just thing when, when I one of the nicest comments I've had is when I've seen especially when I've done covers is that people you know so I really get inside the songs and really try and sort of you know stoke myself in the songs and and, and give that to people mm. and I think that comes largely from you know from idolizing Bono's delivery system from when he was you know when I'm back in the day um but yeah, I mean, there's elements of REM in it, a bit of elements of Crowded House, Delamitri in some of the writing. Although it's, I would say it's a little more. It's not. It's not heavy in any way. But it's more rock influenced than yeah, yeah. than that so much. Yeah. Well, we'll but, put one of your videos up on the video playlist for our Patreon. Uh, yeah, please topics. do. And um, you've got a website and all that, haven't you? So we'll put all that information. Yeah, um, www.leonday.com. There you go. Website and uh, Facebook, uh, Leon Day Band Facebook. And it's it's all on iTunes and uh, all yeah, that, you Spotify. Yeah, you can buy the album, you can buy the physical copy or download on Bandcamp. You can also find it on Spotify and any any of the major streaming platforms. Yeah, but I'm assuming um, all that information's on your website anyway. It's on the website, and if you go on the Facebook page, there should be information on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely. We'll stick all that in the show notes. We will do that for you, mate. Um, Thank you very much. uh, Neil, before we say our goodbyes, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us? And I promise I won't press that while you do it. (laughs) Just at the end. (laughs) Just at the end. Yes, you can find us on all the social media at Top 10 Pods. Give us a click, give us a follow, give us a like, whatever it is you do on those things. Email us at Top 10 Pods at hotmail.com. If you've got any questions, any subjects you'd like us to cover, please do get in touch. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods, where there's all sorts of rewards just for you. You can even be a guest. Ooh. Ooh. Check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come leave a comment, a like, a, uh, a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. Thank you. On your knees, Lovely. Again. <laughs> I knew you'd get one more and then before the end of the show. Had to, had to. Uh, Leon, thank you so much for joining us. We'll, we'll make sure it's not 90 episodes before you come and join us again for something else. <laughs> um, guys, thank you very much for having me on here. And um, uh, personal thanks to you, Pav, in that um, this was a band that I grew up with and I kind of stepped away from for a long time. And since our conversation about you kindly invited me on here a few weeks ago, I've I've kind of rediscovered my my sort of love for Oh. all the music so oh, thank you for that I, well i will take full responsibility and uh, cheers for the full sort of 40 years of u2's back catalog so thank you very much for that okay. bono if you want to just send me a little bit of money that'll be fine uh, yeah he's got a few quid he? he's, he's he all right. has, yeah uh, thank you very much neil 
Oh, thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, Leon. It's been a joy. And uh, anyone listening, thank please you, do listen to Leon's music. You'll absolutely have a little treat. For yes, yourselves. you won't be disappointed at all. And you'll get your rocks <laughs> off. You you'll definitely, definitely get your rocks off. Uh, yes, thank you very much, everybody. Now go. No, what's it? What's, what do I say? My Start the countdown. Oh, that's it. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. In what fucking hell? Go start the countdown. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.